Do you know what it takes to move good to great? Are you almost where you need to be but not quite there yet? Find your way to success today. Welcome to the James Stentley Show with Dr. James Stentley. We've got the tips and guidance you need to propel your success to the next level. Now, here's your host, Dr. James Stentley. Hey, welcome back, everyone. This is James Stentley. Welcome to the James Stentley Show. If I'm here, you know it must be Friday. And just remember, we don't think outside the box because in our world, well, there is no box. Look, we've got some exciting things taking place. I've got two exciting guests and or one gentleman is trying to get back on so we can get his audio together, but I have another gentleman here now. But before I get started, you know, I'm out here in Costa Mesa, California, and uh, outside of Los Angeles, it's about an hour outside of L.A., from the heart of L.A., with just a little slight bit of traffic. And we're here for the, uh, the Easy Way Golden Gala Award, and they're not going to have a red carpet. They're going to have a golden carpet. And I have many of my friends from the Thinking Real Rich world, several of these gentlemen and ladies have written books, and they're best-selling authors, a lot of actors, uh, executive producers. We're here for this incredible event. And, uh, it's an awards show, and we're all getting awards, and that's going to be pretty cool. But I'm going to make a special announcement for the JD3 Television Streaming Network, and that's going to be pretty exciting as well. So we're pretty excited about that. And, um, I want to see right now. John, can you hear me? John, you're on mute. Can you take your mute button and disable that? Uh, yes. I'm, oh, we can hear you loud and clear. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, James. What about yourself? Outstanding, outstanding. Can you speak up just a little bit? Yes. Is this better? A lot better. Phenomenal, phenomenal. Well, Smush is on the line, and for everyone who's listening and watching, you know, we're Facebook Live, we're YouTube, and we're on the radio on our streaming show. And, uh, John, this James Zitley show, we've been doing it for a while. As a matter of fact, I stepped away. I was so busy. Uh, a few years ago, and they asked me to come back with the show, and uh, this might be one of my most favorite shows, man, because you're one of my favorite people, because you're, you're the only person I know that verbally boxes with me and won't back down, and I always respect that, so I want to welcome you and Smush back to the show, and for all of you guys who are listening, John Askew is not only an executive with Primetime Basketball League, but he's one of the founders. Uh, this gentleman is actually the brain trust that kept it going. Uh, when as you open up any business or any new endeavor, the challenges that may arise sometimes. And it's not about the challenges. There. That's part of life. It's about how you overcome them, how you deal with them, and are able to stay locked into your vision. He's a gentleman that is just resilient and relentless, and he just has a heart for what he's doing and solely committed 100%. And I'm so excited and proud because we're getting a chance to share with each and every one of you not only about primetime basketball and what's taking place around the world, but also – we're going to talk about leadership, resilience. I want you to know their stories, their backstories, because of the lessons. So I want to start with you, John, and I'll let you introduce Smush in a moment. But uh, give me a favor, John. Can you share with our audience a little bit of backdrop of your story? Because I know in college you were like the top guy in the nation. So tell us a little bit about John Askew. Thank you, James, for this uh, introduction and this opportunity to be on your show. You know, obviously, uh, I'm a fan of yours uh, and your work and all the things that you, you know, you've done and you're still doing to con contribute to a lot of different sectors, you know, in, in terms of with empowerment. So I appreciate this opportunity to be a part of your platform uh, today. You know, when when we talk about prime time, it's actually it was it's actually a league about extending careers and helping players. And where that actually started from, James, as I shared with your story the other day um, about my life, um, to you know, you said a couple things that that were really spot on about me. But I was a pretty decent um, high school basketball player. Um, not trying to sound you know, conceited or grandiose or anything like this. But I, I was considered a pretty good basketball player. as one of the top two or three prospects um, in high school as a player and transitioned um, into playing college basketball at a pretty high level. And that during that time, I had a, a – unfortunately, I had a label about myself uh, from a lot of NBA scouts to say that I was uh, – a guy that was was a lazy guy and I I took that pretty hard and it, you know to come to find out that with my um, attempts to make it professionally in the NBA 
um, something was discovered. And it was discovered that I had a physical defect around my heart in my diaphragm that basically ended up um, ending my career. So during that process of, of going through understanding that one phase of my life was completely over, um, another phase entered and it actually became pretty apparent for, uh, for my calling in life and my calling in life was to help people. And to was since I had been given so many gifts as a, uh, as a young kid and so many opportunities because of my athletic ability um, that actually opened up doors that it hadn't opened up for a lot of others. And I was just purely based upon my skill level. Um, I was able to take everything that I'd learned and transition that into um, being in a position to help others. So essentially, James, that backdrop of me being a guy that was um, idolized as a person, um, of, as an athlete, I ended up going in reverse and started doing things to help others. And I, you know, I, I told you the story, and I don't know if this is the appropriate time to get in that story, but I ended up helping uh, a group of kids um, right at the same time that I got hurt. And all of these kids today are very successful in their, in their careers and as, as grown adults. And they're actually extending the message that I instilled in them at a very, very early age. So, you know, to sum it up in a nutshell, you know, I, I enjoy helping others. I enjoy the challenges of seeing what it takes to be successful. And I am pretty relentless, James, as you've, as you've experienced uh, pretty much uh, firsthand. And that's, and that's my calling, you know, in life is to, is to help people. And I, I think that if, if everybody kind of at some point in some plateau in their life, they're going to hope they come to an understanding on what their purpose is, like your purpose, James, you, you know, it's, it's undoubtedly your God has helped millions of people and um, you've helped them, re you know, achieve their objectives and their goals in life. And it's, it's actually running downhill from there in terms of with that. So that's just a little backdrop, James. I didn't know you were going to put me on the spot with that. <laughs> I'd have been a little bit, I would be a little bit better prepared for it. Um, I came on this thinking we were talking about prime time, but I, I appreciate you letting me share that little bit um, of the of the backstory, and then when I when we do our next interview, I'll I'll actually go into full detail um, on that and and show how that really makes sense um, to everything that I'm doing in life. I'm doing I'm doing right now at this stage in my life. I'm doing what I did 35 years ago, and it's it's on a different platform, but I consider it the same thing extending careers, helping people transition, um, helping athletes that are in a position where the air is about to be out of the ball from them to transition into life after the game. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, man, I, I watch you work. I see your vision. I see what you're doing. And now uh, gathering this group of men and uh, that have enrolled in, in the vision of primetime basketball and now to the overseas and throughout the world. And because of the power of the internet and media, the world has gotten so much smaller. So now, really, a, a best, a great time for us to, to get these stories out to the marketplace, not just in playing basketball, but people want to know who you are as well. And, and I really appreciate everything that you do and, and that you've done with me, through me, and, uh, and that we get a chance to do together. Mr. Smush Parker, how you doing, sir? I'm doing pretty good, man. How you doing? I'm outstanding. Now, first of all, let me make sure I get this right. Are both of you guys from New York? Yes, sir. Same Same what area? What area? Brooklyn. <laughs> Brooklyn? Yes, sir. Both Black guys Brooklyn. Brooklyn. How far is Brooklyn from Do or Die Best Die? <laughs> Do or Die Best Die is in Brooklyn. Nah, I thought so. All right, all right, all right. Now I know who I'm fooling with. I'm a Chicago boy, but we don't want to fool around with Do or Die. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's right. Yeah, that's right, that's right. Well, Smush, man, welcome to our show, man. You know, uh, your career, you know, John, you know, we all take our path. And when you look at professional sports, there's so many things that can happen. You know, John found out he had a heart defect and 
and uh, he had some physical challenges, but yet still, back then, there's no way he could have seen where he would be at right now and still being mm -hmm. a part of the game. There's so many people, I know folks that want to be actors, but then are being writers or producers or lighting, but they're still playing the game long after they would if they probably had a actual career. But you've been out there, man. I know you've been with, uh, with the Lakers, with the, yes, uh, you've been out with the Heat, with the Cavs, and, and you're no stranger to, to hanging around. And so what, how what does it take, man, to really uh, get up every day and play at that level and share a little bit about your backstory as well. How did you even get here? Who is Smush? Uh, well, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's my name came from my mom. All right. It was a, it was a nickname given to me when I was a baby and it just stuck ever since. Okay. Okay. No, there's no fancy, you know, reason. There's no crossover that I came up with. There's no dunk that I did on the basketball court that, you know, <laughs> That started the name Smush, but my mom gave it to me when I was a baby, and it just stuck ever since. All right, all um, right. As you uh, already uh, acknowledged, I'm from Brooklyn, New York. Um, went to college in the Bronx. You know, uh, one year at Fordham University. Uh, played six years in the NBA. One year with the Cavs. One year with the Pistons and the Suns. Two years with the Lakers. Two years with the Miami Heat, and then the LA Clippers. And then 10 years overseas, um, two championships in China, one championship in Greece. All right. So I have a, a, a little history around this game. Mm -hmm. A little history. Now, as far as being a champion in, in China and Greece, you leave home, you go to another land. How was that transition for you? I hear you find yourself, I know you're very comfortable going now because you guys are about to go back to the Asia. But, well, how was the transition for you the initial time that you started playing overseas? Uh, for me, I've always wanted to uh, travel the world. And then the time that I decided to play overseas was uh, a decision that I consciously made to no longer play in the NBA and to start playing basketball and travel travel the world at the same time. Yeah. So that was my goal. Well, you know what? The market is, is growing so big internationally that it's bigger, of course, outside of here than in here. But, you know, we live in a global economy and a global media today. And and now here we go again. So John, tell us a little bit about, I want you to give us on the backstory of, of primetime basketball. I want everybody to get excited about what's to come and to be empowered and inspired by the reason you started this to, to get these, these, these men who, who are playing the game that they love. And sometimes that game is cut short because of the, the, the different things that go on in the NBA. I know almost 200 people are, are gone every single year. And then what do they really have to do? So you're providing those opportunities, but with a bigger vision. So tell us about prime time, who's involved, how you got started, where you went, where, where this thing go, where's it going? Yeah, so it's, it's now we got two minutes. We're gonna go to the commercial, so I'll break okay. it up and then we'll come back and we'll finish the story. But go ahead. Okay, so it's 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 a pretty interesting story, and I you know I'm obviously as we all know I'm from New York, and I used to do sports related marketing events and I had a gentleman come up to me with this idea and he said, John, I'm, I, I know that you know a lot of people and you probably would have an opinion about this. And he, he, he gave me his, his thought about a basketball league for former players because he was very much into analytics. And when he told me about the analytics and me being an ex athlete, I had no clue of, of, what he was, you know, of these analytics. And like you mentioned, James, there's this period of time where you see players that, that are playing the game one year and the next year, they're, they're nowhere to be found. And actually there's no big ceremony for their exit or departure from the NBA. I, I understand the, the politics and, and the economics behind why this happens. And, as you're saying, James, the basketball and especially NBA, they've gone they've they've gone very global. Um, there's usually about 150 to 200 spots available in a business that's not growing and when I'm or expanding. So in terms of creating new jobs because of expansion, it's not existing in the NBA, and that's not to knock the NBA. It just is what it is, and it's like that mm. across all professional sports. So when you're in a position where there's a thousand qualified um, level players fighting for 200 jobs, guess what has to happen? The the guys that have been in the league that have probably have hit 
their peak skill level where they're not going to really pretty much get any better. They're going to, they're probably have stabilized and reached their peak. Those are the first guys that end up leaving the game before the game has actually left them. Meaning that mm-hmm. the way the system is set up is that once a guy gets roughly between 28, 30 years old, pretty much he's peak athletically. Okay. Um, he's not really going to get that much better. So that guy becomes expendable. And so what happens is, is that that guy, because he's played eight, 10, six years, he's making a little bit more money on minimum than a guy, let's just say 19 years old, maybe from Croatia that they can turn around and pay um, $500,000 to take that guy that's making on average $2 million to take his job. It's the same this, this the same economical impact that's going on in regular corporate America. Wow. Now, hold so, on. Let me hold you right there. We got to take a quick pro- commercial break. Okay. We got to pay these bills so we can be here next week. But I want to pick it up right there about what's really happening in, in the NBA. And, and we're going to come right back with John Askew and Smush Parker in just a moment. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Mental illness affects more people than you might think. Now there's a program that showcases support resources, how many people in our society view mental illness, and how the culture surrounding it is changing. Listen for We Are Hope with co-founder and host Sean Perry. Mental health is being seen as a public health crisis, and we want to help, support, and listen. You'll hear the discussions and conversations that need to happen. Tune in every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on Voice America Empowerment. If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and edutained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Listen for our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be The Star You Are, with our host, Cynthia Bryan. Then on Sundays at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, Teens Talk and the World Listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Play with with us at be the star you are radio.com and the voice america empowerment channel become a member of VoiceAmerica.com. it's easy and best of all it's free start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top once you've created an account and signed in you can create your own custom library opt into our newsletter search by show host guest or topic of interest or browse millions of hours of content across all of our voice america radio channels Membership gets you more. Visit voiceamerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You're tuned in to The James Stentley Show. We'd love to hear from you via email with questions and comments. Drop us a line to JD at the JamesDentleyShow.com. Again, that's JD at the JamesDentleyShow.com. Now, back to the show. Hey, welcome back. I'm here with John Askew, top executive with Primetime Basketball, one of the founders of Primetime Basketball, the league, the international league, and Smush Parker, a national and internationally known NBA superstar, philanthropist, and just a a great guy from both of these gentlemen from Brooklyn, New York, close to do or die bed style. So some of you guys don't know anything about that. Maybe we'll talk about that a little bit later if we get some time. So John, you were, you were making a point. I want to turn it back over to you and you can finish your point about prime time, the NBA and why, and, and as an entrepreneur, you'd always want to solve a problem or fill a need. So tell us a little bit more about uh, what we're doing with prime time. Yeah. So James, just to finish and, and thank you for uh, reiterating um, the, some of the points that I, I made before the uh, commercial break. But, you know, at the end of the day, there's there's this big gap. And the gap is, is, you know, you go from as an athlete, you go from a guy that's made two to ten million dollars in one year to zero the next year. There is really no period of what we call transition. 
And that's what our league is about. Our league is about helping these guys. And uh, just for example, a, a player such as a Smush Parker, who can still play basketball at a high level, whether it's NBA or whether it's international. But at the end of the day, you're going to only be able, you, you know, father time is undefeated. And eventually your body's not going to allow you to do some of the same things that you've done. But a lot of times you didn't have time to prepare as an athlete, as a player, you didn't have time to prepare for life after the game because it's a full-time job and it's actually more than a full-time job because it's not a nine to five basketball and mm. playing professional sports is a 24 hour business. So yes, in terms of what our league is structured for, it's structured for two things. It's structured to help the players transition. That's why we call this a transition league. So a guy comes to us, he plays for approximately one to two seasons, maybe three, depending on, depending on what his body's telling him that he's able to do. So we allow the guys to continue doing what they love. We also, the second part of this is for fan engagement. We understand, and, and we understand from what the analytics say. The analytics say says that only 82 percent of the entire population has never seen a live professional sporting event. We oh. provide that opportunity, and our target market is for that lower to middle income family that's never been able to afford to go to the United States or Madison Square Garden to see these athletes play. So they're able to fulfill that part, that void in their life, and come see our guys play for very affordable uh, price. This is all about fan engagements. This is also all about the transition from players um, getting ready to actually leave, um, leave the game itself. The, one of the biggest things that we provide is opportunities for these guys to develop certain skill sets that they might not have. Uh, we have several several colleges, such as the Fordham University, University of Miami, uh, University of Southern California, Irvine, that provide what we academic programs that have that are actually scholarship programs for these players to go back and get MBAs and certain things like that. Another dimension that we added to our league is that we have intern programs available. Guys can intern um, at Fortune 100, Fortune 500 companies, and hopefully they're developing some type of skill set to transition into a full-time job. We also provide opportunities within the league itself for guys to elevate from being a player player to a coach to a broadcaster to a player personnel director there's several different verticals that we have set up with this league to make us even more unique than some of the things that are done with other professional leagues to help these guys get ready because we recognize that these guys basically have one foot out the door um off the court and ready to step into the next phase. So we're here to help these guys prepare for that life after the game. We're also here to give the give back to the fans. And what we've embarked on since we actually, this is actually, James, I don't know if you know this, this is pretty much to date, this is our one-year anniversary from last year from when oh, we wow. kicked this thing off um, right. on this. So, so this is a special day. This is our one-year anniversary. Okay, that we basically mm -hmm. had our first game um, a year ago today, and which you were a part of that, James. You know that first game. So you know um, what I forgot to mention is a big thing is that when I started this thing, I had to try to decide who was going to be a part of this and be and really be into this and not just be into it because it's an opportunity for a check somebody that really cares about the athletes, somebody that's got uh, a presence with the athletes and somebody that's relative. So I called my good friend, Byron Scott. And Byron Scott obviously is a three-time world champion with the Lakers. He's a former coach of the year um, with the New Jersey Nets. And they were in New Jersey at that time before they were Brooklyn. He went to the finals back-to-back, back-to-back, and lost against his old team that he played for, which was Los Angeles Lakers, of all things. 
you know, that kind of still haunts him today um, that he that he wasn't as, you know, as successful against his old team. But he ended up ending his career coaching L.A., which was a dream come true. And he had Kobe Bryant and, and different things like that. But getting back to the primetime thing, we thought it was important to have someone like someone like Byron to come lead this um, lead this and help guide and build this league. And he's a guy that really cares about the players. You know, either all of our guys that are in this league, either at one time Byron coached them or Byron coached against them. So he's relative, he's relative to all of these guys, such as a smush Parker and these guys that actually saw him, on the opposite sideline as a coach and respected him as a, as a player as well. And he's the perfect uh, example of what we call transition, which is what he had. He had a plan, but everybody doesn't have, everybody doesn't have a plan when they finish playing. And, and we want to give guys that airspace for a couple of years to figure out what they're going to do, how they're going to pursue it and how to live normally in, in society. Um, since that one year anniversary, James, and I, and I know this is something that's really big is that we were, we, we were coming up to a timeline, whether we were going to go ahead and roll out a full summer in the U S and have 16 teams in 16 different countries, or were we going to take a different approach. And because we did so well with our games last year, we had over 32 different countries internationally. Um, come to us and ask us about coming to their countries and doing showcase games. And so I'm very excited about what we're doing and what we're doing. Instead of rolling out the full season here, we're creating a global presence. And I like that word global uh, more so than international because we plan on covering every area globally around the, around the continent. And looking looking at our first kickoff, which will be in the Philippines, and what's special about the situation in the Philippines is that the seven-time or eight-time world champion Manny Pacquiao is the host. So oh, wow. we're gonna yes, we're gonna play in three locations. Wow. Ma- Manny Pacquiao owns a professional basketball league in the Philippines, awesome. and we're actually playing three of his teams. Um, over there in the Philippines. So we expect for a lot of excitement and a lot of engagement, a lot of, um, a lot of things to do with the, with the communities over there. So we're just not trying to just go play basketball. We're trying to engage in the communities and bring them the opportunity that they haven't seen in a lifetime, which is to interact with these, you know, interact with these players. So I'm, very excited about that. We're I just give you I'm just gonna give you a handful of locations, James. I don't wanna give it all I don't wanna give it all away. So we're gonna we're gonna go to the Philippines, we're gonna go to China, we're gonna go to South Korea, we're gonna go to Japan, we're gonna go to Dubai, we're gonna go to Saudi Arabia, we're going to go to Egypt, um, and we're gonna go to um, Malawi and we're gonna go to Morocco. And that's just probably about half of where we're gonna go between November in the summer of 2020. Yeah. So that's the that's the huge outlook, and I'm grateful for a person like Smush Parker. That nobody nobody knows this, but I met, met Smush when he was in his second year in the NBA, and I saw him. Didn't know his name. Saw him playing at um, one of the most famous basketball courts in New York City, and I and I was like, who is that guy that's just out there killing everybody? And I couldn't wait. I was a I was a fan. I couldn't wait for the game to be over to walk up and introduce ourselves. And we've clicked since back then. So yes, a lot of people a lot of people don't know that our our connection um, started way back then. You know when Switch was in his second year. And wow, by the way, sir. a lot of people don't know that that Switch Parker. Um, started two years in the backcourt with the second, what I would consider the second greatest shooting guard in NBA history, which was with uh, Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant. Yeah, so Kobe Bryant. I think yeah. that was a tremendous accomplishment. Yeah. 
Absolutely, absolutely. Yes. And then, look, I want to talk about a lot of stuff. I want to talk about some funny things. I want to talk about the big boat that we always tend to meet on. But, you know, but Smush, you, <laughs> you responded to something John said, and I want to get you in here because, John, you said you said that the NBA, people don't realize it's a 24-hour year business, a 24-hour day business, and we watch the game, the game's over, and that's pretty much it for the fans. So what did you mean, Smush, when what, you made that response? Uh, you're, that's right. 24 hour mm-hmm. business. What's that about when it comes to the NBA? Well, I, I as a player, um, for six years and playing in the NBA, uh, people don't realize that we don't have we don't have weekends. It's not a nine to five job. We don't have weekends. We don't have a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday like other you know um, people who work. You know, every day we have a game. Every day we're traveling. Uh, for me, uh, I remember. We had, you know, this was back in the NBA when we had four games a week, and we had and some some of those weeks were back to back games. You know, we wow. we would play, we would be in five or six different cities there in one week. Mm-hmm. You know, so when when he made that comment, I was like, yeah, you know, it's not a nine to five job. You can't, we don't clock in and clock out. It's we we are on the job seven days a week. Yeah, and then there's a business aspect you guys have to deal with. There's a physical conditioning. There's a recovery when you get a little tweaks or, or major injuries. It just goes on and on and on. And you're right. No weekends. We take that little stuff for granted, man. But, you know, but it, that's incredible. I never thought of it like that. It's pretty cool. Well, well they think, James, that yeah. I'm, ahead, I, I, I apologize to interrupt you, James. Okay. And you touched on it. Um, you touched on it when when people think because they see uh, a two hour game, that's it. They don't know about the pregame. They don't know what happens early during the day during the walkthroughs. They don't know what happens for film sessions. They don't know all of these different things that they're on the clock for. Yeah. You know, every every day it's, it's it's truly no days off and no time off. The only time off that you really have is that. They're big about you getting your rest, yeah. okay? Mm-hmm. Because of the be, because of the recovery. But other than that, yes, what yes. else do you really get to do? People think that the life is such an extravagant party situation, and it's not as much of that as people would perceive. So that's what I meant when understanding what it is that they're not showing up ten minutes before a two hour game. They're there two hours before they were they were mm-hmm. there probably four hours before doing a walkthrough. Yeah. Of, of the game plan and, and, and between all of that prep between there, there's no time. So that's, you know, I wanted to throw that kind of expand a little bit more on, on what I meant by it being, you know, a 24 hour job. Yeah. And I'm glad you said that too, John Smush, because see a lot, I, a lot of my shows are about business, business growth and taking a vision and expanding it. But if you look at it, it's the same principles and so few people get a chance to play at a high level and sometimes it's because of the situation, but sometimes because the lack of the will, the work ethic, and the understanding of what's involved in the sacrifice that we have mm. to pay to, to do great things or extraordinary things in life. And it's the same in business for everybody who's listening and watching. It's just, the business is exactly the same way. So, and, you know, and I want to just uh, transition real quick, John, because, you know, when I met you, I get a phone call and um, and we were invited, my wife and I were invited to come to Boca Raton and and then we get on this big, magnificent 150-foot yacht and just had the most incredible time with you and Byron and the entire gang there and a lot of the players. His vision was kind of unveiled. And then there's a little bitty old lady in, the, in there in, that owns this yacht, the largest yeah. yacht broker she and her husband in the world. And she's cooking fried chicken. And I walked back there, John, all I saw was smoke and a little bitty figure coming out, <laughs> come out of the middle of some smoke. And she's cooking fried chicken for all the brothers up in there. You know, we like our chicken. The preacher must, chicken must die so the preacher may live. So, so, Smushy, have you been down to the big boat yet? Uh, and what in what city? Now you, I, now, you played for Miami, didn't you? I met you in Miami. We, we in Miami. Yeah, yeah. I was in Miami. Miami. I was in Miami. And, and basically, you know, basically, Claire's been a friend and advisor um, to the league, her and her husband have supported us basically um, from day one, and she offered the opportunity for us to come down there and meet in a very relaxed, calm environment, and um, you know showed us the best hospitality um, that we can imagine there. And she, you know, you wouldn't think that being the who Forbes magazines considered the 
the billionaire yacht brokers, um, you wouldn't think that she would be in the kitchen frying chicken when she's got a 12 person staff. Yeah. But she's a, <laughs> she, she, she loves uh, entertaining and she, you know, she, actually we made history on that boat. That's when we decided to come together and put this and move forward with this league. So, you know, I, I thank her every, every time I speak to her for providing that opportunity, provi providing that format for us to come together and engage. And that was the first time that a lot of us met, met each other. You know, we had spoken on the phone, but that was the opportunity for principals and executives and, and the ending of that night was the opportunity with several players that were part of the league to come through and for us to visit and, and talk yeah. about the future. Yeah. Now, hold on. We got to take another quick commercial break. We're going to come back back and take it the last 17 minutes out. We'll come right back, you guys, with Swish Parker and John Askew. Primetime Basketball League. We'll be right back. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Please join Dr. Sarah, a.k.a. Dr. Red, on an amazing journey of love, soul, abundance, compassion, and authenticity. Dr. Red is a well-renowned healer, hypnotherapist, author, and speaker who has overcome personal challenges to emerge stronger than ever before to reach out to you and heal you emotionally, mentally, and spiritually for the most informative and enriching experience filled with unbridled laughter and insights on life, health, culture, and society. Tune in to Dr. Red says. Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Are you looking for life's answers? How about the meaning of true self? Can you really be a better person overnight? Well, good luck with that. Now, if you really want to know more about this insane world and life we lead, tune into Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. You'll learn about how the brain operates under different psychological conditions. Some common sense. Heck, you might just actually learn something. Listen Fridays at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access all the time. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You're tuned in to the James Stentley Show. We'd love to hear from you via email with questions and comments. Drop us a line to JD at the JamesDentleyShow.com. Again, that's JD at the JamesDentleyShow.com. Now, back to the show. Hey, don't forget that you can also go to the JamesDentleyShow.com for the replay of this as well and YouTube. And uh, I want to turn it back over to Mr. John Askew because, John, you were making a very valid point. And then I want you to transition and let you interview Swish a little bit. Let us tell us a little bit more about his worldview about what's taking place. Okay. So thank you. Thank you again, James. Um, on there. So part, part of the mission and, and the give back is so important, um, a, a part of what we're doing and, and part of our strategic um, choices in terms of candidates to be a part of primetime, you know, just because a guy's play doesn't mean that um, he's afforded or allowed the opportunity to be a part of primetime. So we, we pretty much, you know, selected the, what we consider the right type of player to represent the brand um, in terms of character, in terms of give back, in terms of wanting to help others and, and learn different things. And that, that was a big part of our mission, Byron and, my, and our mission. We really had over 250 players actually reach out to us after we played this first series of games. And so there's an abundance of abundant amount of guys that 
are, are available. But we think we did a pretty good job with our initial run with, with selecting guys that really kind of fit the, the bill, fit the character, fit the mold of, of accentuating the brand to another level. And in terms of, you know, what we would like to see happen with these players, we want to see them re regain um, a level of confidence like they had on like they had on the court. You know, we want to provide these opportunities, you know, from a philanthropic standpoint and to use their platform to bring awareness up. I know one of the things that you're really at, uh, key at at doing, James, is helping guys understand how to speak and hard to articulate themselves and to get their message across. And I think part of, I think part of your program is that we're going is, is part of the things that we're implementing with our, in our transitional um, portion of what we're doing um, off the court. So that these guys become better men and a little more well-rounded and, and help with the, help them get out the stereotypical, um, lane as just a basketball player or a ex-performer, ex-professional athlete. So with all of these different, all these different verticals in terms of empowerment, we, you know, we're really about that. And, you know, Smush was one of the guys that from day one was one, actually one of the first two to three guys that said, Hey, what would you like to see out of this other than me playing on the on the court and the message was passed. It's like, we're here to, we're here to help others as we're helping ourselves. We're helping others at the same time. You know, we're, we're helping, we're helping fathers become greater fathers. We're helping families become more united and more connected because we're able to provide joy and we're able to provide a certain level of entertainment to them. So that comes out of that, and the minute that, you know, the minute that I mentioned that we were um, taking a, a global approach this year, you can't believe the type of response that we got from a lot of guys. And it's, and it's different from, let's just say, when Smush played as a player, the one of the, you know, there were some obstacles when, when Smush, and he'll expand on it when he went to play over internationally, um, when he went by himself, but when you take a, a, a group of guys as a group, that camaraderie uh, makes that trip even much more exciting. So, um, Smush, and, and you know, you can give your thoughts on on what do you feel when we announced that we were taking a global approach to prime time. How did you feel as as an athlete? Well, I I felt uh, thrilled about the whole idea that primetime was going uh, overseas and uh, taking their uh, efforts and their their dream their their vision for the league overseas. I always had um, in my mind, you know, I played overseas ten years, and I always wanted to get back overseas and do a, a clinic or do a camp or do some basketball affiliated in uh, some of the countries that I played for. Um, but this just takes it to another level. Uh, so when I heard that you guys were going overseas, I was, I was all for you. You know, you know the excitement that I had uh, when you brought it up. And uh, I'm looking forward to this opportunity of uh, going over and um, playing over in China, playing over in the Philippines, playing in these, uh, these other, on these other continents with you know, guys from here that I played against, played with in the NBA. Like you were saying, it's different when you when I was going over there by myself. You know, I was going out there with no family. I was going out there with no friends. I was going to a, a different country and uh, not understanding the language or the culture. But here, we're, we're traveling as a family, as a unit, as an organization. And we're, 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 we're going to make an impact out there, not just basketball-wise, but, you know, uh, community-wise. We're going to affect, you know, the lives of the kids, affect lives of parents, you know, moms, dads, you know, brothers, sisters. It's going to be exciting, and um, I, I, I can't wait. That's awesome, man. That's exciting. You know, you know, one of the things I love, and uh, we got about six minutes left, but I want to talk about just one thing for everyone who's listening and watching, is that the great thing I love about this league and the concept, five-on-five -five basketball, full court, 
So it's not just entertainment. It's actually a full game that you can enjoy with entertainment. But at the end of the game, just imagine all the kids, everybody hits the floor, all the players, they're taking off jerseys and signing them for kids. They're getting, the kids get miniature basketballs. They're signing their miniature basketballs. They're taking pictures, actually taking pictures, not in a locker room, but on the floor with the children that attend the games. And we were able to have a game in Chicago. I had a busload of uh, our children from Already Always Amazing, our nonprofit, and they're still talking about it today. So I want to thank you guys because just having access to those heroes, because NBA, you can never, ever do that. But I want to do a lightning round real quick. And real quick, I want, uh, John, start with you. Tell us who was a great influence in your life. Um, other than uh, other than my mom, I would probably say uh, from a um, Martin Luther King in terms of from a political figure, family figure, my mom, athletically, uh, Magic Johnson. Wow. Now, your mom, tell us a little bit about your mom and how she would inspire you. What kind of kid were you, man? Were you getting in trouble? Were you studious? Oh, talk, talk to me. Well, no, I, I had a, a, you know, I was very fortunate to have uh, uh, a pretty strict, somewhat upbringing. I know today that's kind of like, uh, you know, you can get in trouble for the, the times when I grew up because they, you know, it, it was no sparing the rod. So we learned at an early age that uh, discipline was 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 very much needed. Being in the books and understanding that um, education was going to play a major role, um, in, in my future, which actually James helped me really transition faster because they never let up on me in terms of, in, in terms of education. So I think that really helped me, um, the most in life, because as you know, it was, you know, this whole, um, basketball thing was taken away from me early. Um, so Mm. I had to, I had to get out of that mindset of that basketball is going to pay me for the rest of my life type of thing out quick and understand that there is going to be something else. But this was all still with my mother who, you know, I, I'm come, I came from a single family with just my brother and myself. Yeah. Yeah. How about this much? Who was your influence? My biggest influence in my life was my dad growing up. He's the one that, uh, inspired the, the dream of basketball for me. He uh, put the basketball in my crib. He taught me the fundamentals. He taught me uh, the basics before I actually went out there and uh, tried to do uh, what I saw Mike do. <laughs> yeah. Um, when it came to uh, sports and uh, the dream of playing in the NBA, of course, I wanted to be like Mike. That's the era I grew up in. There you go. So can you take off for the free throw and see? What are you, about 6'4", right? Yeah, I'm 6'4". Six, 6'4", four. Six, four. can you take off for the free throw, man? Talk to him. Oh, oh, I can take off from the free throw line. Can I dunk it? No. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I can take off from the free throw line. I can't even take it, off no more. <laughs> it'll, 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 it'll be I'll a finger roll. roll. I, I, I don't know about that. You guys need to, whoever's listening, need to go to the Smush Parker highlights. You guys, he's got some. Um, he's been on the on the receiving end of some of the greatest dunks in NBA history from um, passes from Kobe Bryant of all people. Um, I think that's the only time that Kobe ever passed was uh, <laughs> when Swish was on the other end. One point game. I, I remember all that. Hey, look, you guys, I want you guys to go to the highlight reels. Go Google Smush Parker highlights and check them out, man. It's going to be pretty exciting as well. All right, real quick lightning round. We got about four minutes left. Let's talk about really quick one of the greatest challenges you've ever, uh, obstacles you had to overcome, and how did you deal with it? Uh, I'll go first. That one first. Why okay. get my thoughts together? Okay. <laughs> okay. So, so, so the question was the uh, biggest Let's obstacle. Let's talk about a challenge or adversity. That's part of life, and we okay. face things. How do we get through it? So, through your eyes, what's one of the biggest challenges you face, and how did you overcome it? Well, one of the biggest I would say was not getting drafted after being, you know, so um, after being promised that I was going to be drafted, and. Uh, you know, I, in, a, in a blink of an eye, it almost looked like my dream was uh, not going to come true. But for me, I just believed I was good enough and I put in, I believed in practice and I put more work in and I was able to achieve six years in the NBA and 10 years overseas. Outstanding. From not being drafted to being in the backcourt, starting with Kobe Bryant, man, that's pretty incredible. How about you, John? Well, I think the the 
I, I would think the thing that made the, the hardest thing to overcome and, and to deal with uh, was actually this league itself um, and the many challenges uh, that you go through dealing with the startup and, and understanding that the, the door was closed, you know, four or five times and, and trying to start this thing and, and never having the mentality that I wasn't going to be successful uh, with launching this league. So la launching the league, overcoming launching the league was the greatest, um, I would say, the, oh, the thing that I overcame. Being on that court, seeing that first game mm. and standing on that court right before the tip-off was the greatest thing because that was my making it to the NBA in, in me where it was – where mm. I thought it was preordained for me to have uh, – uh, 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 NBA career. So by me not making it because of injury and me going through the adversity in terms of dealing with this startup and then with having the, with, you know, especially James, when I looked around and I saw people like you that, that flew in to kind of support this from day one, which, which was greatly appreciated to yes, see sir. people come and support the, the first game and to stand out on that court and do that first interview about this dream coming true was the greatest thing to happen. Yeah, outstanding guy. Well, with a little time we got left, somebody share me a real funny story uh, from your basketball experience. We don't want to call anybody out. We only call them up and call them in. Share, some, share a funny story with me. Um, I'll, I'll start with that because okay. at least I did have the opportunity to um, play in a pickup game against who I would consider the greatest player ever to play. And I remember um, scoring. I, 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 okay. I, I remember scoring a, a basket against uh, Michael Jordan. And I remember he told me that would never have happen again. And he scored like 30 straight points against me and called me butter. And he called me butter because he was going to go – because he, he felt like he could go around me at any time. And he oh, wow. go around me at every time. So he called me butter. That's his nickname for me. Oh, wow. wow. Okay, real quick, Swish, what, what about you? Uh, uh, man, I don't have a funny story. <laughs> I don't have uh, – I'll, I'll give you – this is the first thing that comes up to my mind. So I'm playing against the Dallas Mavericks, and I close out to, uh, you know, seven-foot Dirk Nowinski. Yeah, who has who's who has he he caught the ball over his head and never brought it down. So oh, wow. you know I'm six four down in my in my defensive stance, and he looks down at me, never brings the ball down and shoots a three pointer, and before the ball went through the net, it was backpedaling. It was like you better put a hand up, youngster. <laughs> There you go. You heard it, guys. And try to put that hand up, youngster. Well, look, I want to thank John. I want to thank you, man. Congratulations on all the great work you're doing with Primetime Basketball. The vision is alive as well, and now it's taking life. It has legs. And Swoosh, best of luck to you, man. I look forward to seeing you in some of those countries because we're going to be traveling over there watching those games and still being a part of this thing. We're honored to be here with you guys, supporting you every step of the way. Anything yes, we can sir. do, I'm here for you guys. So congratulations. I want to thank you guys for tuning in this Friday to the James Tipton Show. We're going to see you next week, and we're going to have these guys back here a little bit later, and we're going to dig a little deeper, and maybe that teaches how to dribble. What's the secret of shaking and baking? Be right back next week, guys. <laughs>